Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It's time to place your bets. It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and it's Monday. You know what that means. It's time to look ahead to Week 12 in the NFL. We'll talk a little Monday Night Football as well. But for those of you who want the full breakdown on the Thursday football games, the Thanksgiving games, well, guess what? Matt and Pat have a special breakdown coming up for you. So we're going to skip those today. You're going to have to watch the special Thanksgiving edition. I assume it's going to be a lot like Charlie Brown potentially is going to be uh, perhaps some toast made by Pat and uh, Matt will make all the popcorn. I believe that was the feast that Charlie Brown had at Thanksgiving. So they're going to have some toast and popcorn. Talk a little Thanksgiving football. But today, don't forget, everybody, it's brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Download the BetMGM app today. And you can go ahead and start making your wagers and potentially make some money on Thanksgiving, make some money back. You can spend on Black Friday. So, gentlemen, let's get right after it. And let's start here. Denver and Carolina. This is the game you've all been waiting for. Hope we don't lose any listeners here as we start this one. Three and seven Denver Broncos against the three and eight Carolina Panthers. This one's in Carolina. They had two and a half point home dogs here. Thirty five and a half is the over under. If you like Carolina for the upset, plus one twenty Friedman. Let's talk about this game because I believe we're contractually obligated to do so. Uh, do you think that that 35 and a half is safe? Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I mean, I bet the under 37 in the look ahead market because I just knew I would want to be on it. Two and a half is exactly the right number. 35, uh, let me see. I have this projected still at 34. So I would, it's a disgusting game. I would bet the under, but who's scoring points in this game? The Broncos are now nine and one to the under. They, they've got the perfect uh, setup to be an under team, an elite defense and an offense that can't score. Uh, it's a it's a perfect scenario. And uh, they have a perfect partner in this and that the Panthers are horrible on offense and pretty good on defense. Yeah, Baker Mayfield was not the answer to the problem uh, yesterday. That's for sure. Uh, Fitz, any take here on the Denver Carolina, any early value in your opinion? Well, Friedman is clearly underestimating the possibility that Sam Darnold can come in and start lighting up yeah. the pinball machine for uh, the Panthers. But uh, it's funny, Joe, this totally reminds me of a game I bet on Saturday that Friedman and I were talking about. Uh, Iowa at Minnesota went off at apparently a record low 31 and a half points. Uh, two teams that you know, play good defense and have a little bit of trouble scoring on offense. And they were playing in like a wintry, windy Midwestern chill up in Minneapolis. Our own college football expert, Thor Nystrom, was actually attending that game in person. And I bet the over. I thought 31 and a half was just too low. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Friedman while that game was early in the second quarter. It had already gotten a 10-7, I think, Iowa. And like, you know, by halftime, the teams had put up over 300 yards of total offense combined. And of course the game petered out and finished under and uh, I lost that wager. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not inclined to go back to the well and, and be bold and look at this ridiculously low total and think, Oh, it's got to go over this. Right. Cause I just got burned on a similar bet. Uh, probably just walking away from the total here and, you know, don't feel great about either side. I mean, I just like Denver, I thought was in such a good position to just truck the Raiders who seem to be coming apart at the seams and uh, it, like Denver's offense is just stuck in the mud. I mean, it's been quicksand for that offense all year. So yeah, the new play calling from Clint Kubiak really didn't make much of a difference after it all did that not. did it. Uh, and, and on top of that, I don't know how defensively you can not account for Devonte Adams in overtime. I mean, legitimately no one within 20 yards of that guy. I, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand how that happens. You know what, Pat's too bad. You should have teased that South Carolina, Tennessee game up to 90. You probably would have still won money on that one. That would have been uh, 
And that was a fun football game on Saturday night. Not the same scoring to expect in Carolina this coming weekend. Let's get to the next one here, Tampa and Cleveland. Now, this is an interesting one because you got the Cleveland Browns who continue to fight. You know, the Cleveland Browns are kind of plucky. They were, you know, they, they hang around in some games. Tampa Bay, five and five. They are 500. They are three-point road favorites in this one. 44 and a half is the number. If you like Cleveland for the upsets, plus 140 on the money line. Pat, let's talk about this one here. Clearly, you can run the ball all day long in the Cleveland Browns. Do you think that's what Tampa's going to do? Because Tampa really pretends that they want to just run the football all the time. I mean, I just throw the football all the time. That seems to be more of their MO. Do you think that they will game script accordingly? And if so, does that put this 44 potentially in danger? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. I wonder if they will maybe turn to the run a little bit more with the uh, rookie Rashad White kind of juicing up their running game a bit in recent weeks. And yeah, you mentioned the Browns are scrappy. Like they've only won one of their last seven games, but they've had a run of pretty decent opponents during that stretch. I mean, Atlanta, the first one was probably the weakest of their opponents. Otherwise, the Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills. Um like I want to I want to like the home dog coming off the tough loss in this spot but I don't know the Buccaneers well rested um I've got this game as uh you know Bucks should be favored by about three I'm you know within a quarter of a point half a point of the total I'm not getting a strong vibe either way here Freeman any vibes from you on this Browns Bucks game yeah, I'm exactly at 44 on the total, so so nothing there. I have this at mm-hmm. three and a half, uh, and I did bet this in the look-ahead market at three. I do like Tampa Bay in this spot. Uh, they actually have been trying to run more this year, which has been like a bad thing for their offense. They've been running too much on, on first and second down, and it's putting Brady in a, a bad position for third down. But given that that's the propensity that they have and that they have this matchup, maybe this is the one game where the running actually doesn't come back to bite them, where they can actually run with some success. So I do like them in this spot. All right, next one on the board here, the Baltimore Ravens. Boy, oh boy, are they limping into this game. They are 7-3. and three. They are four-point favorites going against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 3-7. and 45.5 is the over-under. If you like the Jags, it's plus 175 on the money line. Friedman, so many injuries for Baltimore. They looked so lackluster in the first half of that game yesterday, and they kind of put things together. Look, the defense played very well. The offense is really just... I feel like they're they're just lacking that ground and pound running back that they're used to having. And people can joke all they want about Mark Ingram back in the day being old and all that stuff. But guess what? He was part of that identity of that team, and they just don't seem to have that ability to do what they want to do offensively. Bateman out. I know Andrews came back and played yesterday, but still just this offense isn't looking great. Is there any reason here to believe that the Jacksonville Jaguars might keep this game a little bit closer considering all of the issues that Baltimore has had so far offensively the last few weeks? Yes, uh, they are coming off of the bye. They're at home. This number is four at some spots, but at BetMGM, it's three and a half. It's, it's starting to move down. Honestly, I have this at 2.75. Uh, mm-hmm. When I'm done talking, I'm going to go bet this at four <laughs> at one of the books where that number's remaining. I love when we do this. Uh, I did the same thing last week where I bet the Titans after our conversation against Green Bay. I love our live betting in show as we just can't get enough of it. We have a sickness, all three of us. It's great. I love it. That's why I love doing this show. Uh, Pat Fitzmorris, let's talk about this one for you. I, it's just really hard to be super confident in Baltimore, despite the fact that their defense is very good. Do you have that same feeling that Friedman and I do where Jacksonville can hang around at least, or maybe 
to the other end of that spectrum, maybe Baltimore can't separate themselves as we think that they can. I do have that feeling, and it's a very tangible feeling, Joe, because uh, having too much faith in the Ravens has hurt me in the wallet uh, for the last month or so. <laughs> so, yeah, I do get that vibe. And what you said about the Ravens not having that power running game makes a lot of sense. I mean, Gus Edwards missed their Week 11 game. We don't know about his status for Week 12. But without J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they've just got all these finesse backs left on the roster. Kenyon mm-hmm. Drake, Justice Hill, Mike Davis. Um so, yeah, they don't have that power running game. And I think in the first three weeks of the season, Lamar Jackson threw like 10 touchdown passes. Since then, I think he's thrown six TD passes in seven games, and they're averaging like 175 passing yards a game over that stretch. Like they just don't have much cooking on offense at all. But as you said, Joe, the defense has been really tough. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like the the under here. Like I, I don't – like the that. Jaguars as much as Friedman does, but I really like the under here. Yeah, coming off the bye, too, that's always a sneaky one, too, for teams like Jacksonville. A little bit more time, too. A little rest for Travis Etienne, too, who's been working real hard. Giving him a little bit of a breather, probably a good thing, too. We'll see if he comes out fresh for this game. The Houston Texans will go travel to Miami. Miami is 7-3. and three. The Texans 1-8-1. and one. Miami is 12-point home favorites in this one. 46 is the number. If you like Houston... Uh, for the upsets, plus 440, I would not recommend that investment. However, Pat Fitzmorris, let's talk about this. As much as we know that Miami is a better football team than Houston and Miami can put up all kinds of crazy points, it's that Miami defense I keep coming back to that continues to give up big plays, give up yards. And I know that the Texans are not an explosive offense by any stretch of the means, but do you see any value here on this 12? Because I don't know. This seems like a very big number to me for a defense that has been as questionable as the Miami Dolphins have been this year. It does, but the Texans have certainly been playing the part of the tomato can uh, lately. Like they have showed themselves to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And, you know, maybe they rear up and have a respectable game. Like they're probably due for one. And I hate taking the favorite with these big numbers, Joe. I just hate it. But Man, the Dolphins coming off the bye, you know Mike McDaniel was in the lab cooking up some good stuff. And uh, I just so, wanted to cook up with some defense. How about a little cover two yeah, or something? Like, just yeah, which something is, to slow somebody down. Like, which, I just don't which, yeah, which is why I, you know, I do like the Dolphins a little bit, but I think I like the over even more, Joe. And as you mentioned, uh, the Dolphins' D has been pretty pretty putrid lately. And in the last three Dolphins games, uh, we have seen 58, 67, and 56 points. So I know the opponent has to cooperate for uh, this one to, you know, hit a reasonably high total. I don't know if that's going to happen, but boy, like with a week off for Mike McDaniel to plan, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins came close to hitting this number by themselves. So uh, I like the Dolphins. I like the over. All right, Freeman, over to you. Uh, it's a big number here for the Dolphins, and I get the explosiveness. Everything Pat said on offense is right. I just I can't seem to get past that whole thing where I, every time you think the Dolphins are in a good spot there, they just give up too many big plays and too many points. Do you think this 12 is safe? Do you see any value here in the early look-ahead line? Yeah, so one thing I've noticed is that uh, my early projections have tended to be a little bit too high on some of the big favorites, at least based on how they've uh, been able to play their games. Uh, I'm thinking of the Ravens specifically last week uh, and, and also the Chiefs to a degree. But this number, I bet it a 10 
on Thursday because that was just way too low. It's 11 and a half at some books, 12 books now. This line could get to 14. The the Texans are so bad. Uh, I have this projected at 13.75. And Joe, to your point about the defense for the Dolphins, yeah, it has been bad, but it's been specifically bad in pass defense. Against the run, they've been tolerable. They've, they've been average at worst and more like kind of the fringe of the top 10. And so mm-hmm. that's, you know, when the Texans have had success, it's been in the running game. Uh, I don't see them really being able to exploit the deficiencies that the the Dolphins have in the secondary. So I still think defensively, the Dolphins will be able to do enough. And offensively, I mean, a a total laser show. I think they're going to light it up here against the Texans. Everything you're both saying sounds right. Uh, And in the guides of football in 2022, I am going to be on the Texan side of this game here with the 12. I just, I just, I'm waiting for Miami to put somebody away convincingly. They give up 24 points a game. That's, that's a good amount. That's what you're in the bottom third of the league. And I just, I feel like they're going to be up and get lazy at the end. They they destroyed the Browns right before going into the bye. They did put the Browns away. But is that, that, that is true. But to me, that makes it all the more ominous because then you have the sense of, yeah, we did it. We're awesome. It's fine. You go to the bye and you get a little lazier and come out flat or something like that. 12 is a big number here. I know the Texans are dreadful, but 12 is a big number. Let's go to Chicago and New York. Oh, man. I'm still trying to recover from that Jets-Patriots game. That was woof. Uh, the Chicago Bears, 3-8. and eight. They are four-point uh, road underdogs here. The New York Jets, four-point home favorites. 44 is the number, plus 165. Uh, already... A lot of chirping from a lot of people internally about what's going on here with this Jets offense. Friedman, uh, Garrett Wilson's not happy. Elijah Moore hasn't been happy in months. Uh, Certainly, the Jets can't be happy with what Zach Wilson has not, and I will say has not brought to the table at the quarterback position so far. So whether it's about trying to open up this offense or not, or letting him throw the football, whatever that is, it ain't happening I don't know if we're going to see a quarterback change, but the Jets are very much in this. They are six and four. I know the Fields injury has a lot to do with this game. The Jets defense has been great. The Jets defense is playoff caliber. The offense is woefully behind. What are your thoughts here on this early line? Because I think this is one of the toughest ones, I think, on the entire week 12 slate. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated even more by the fact that Justin Fields is dealing with an injury. That, for me, that's the right. big part of, of this game here. Um, if Fields is is healthy, even if he's not healthy, but as long as he's out there playing, the Jets shouldn't be favored by four against anyone, even at home, especially Justin Fields when he's uh, you know starting to develop into a, a quote-unquote real quarterback. Um, but if Justin Fields is out, as you mentioned, they have an elite defense, the Jets, and uh, going against Trevor Simeon, who doesn't offer the escapability. Like, that is what has made this Bears offense livable, oh, yeah. the fact that Justin Fields can do Lamar Jackson type of things. If he's not out there covering up for his offensive line, uh, Trevor Simeon will be pounded by the Jets. And the thing is, I don't think I would really trust the Jets to be able to score enough points to cover. But uh, I don't know. This line, if, if Fields is out, this line moves way past where it is like it's four three and a half four right now we would expect it to get to six maybe even seven uh that feels too strong six and a half but this uh if justin fields is in i'm i am in on the bears in this spot all right Fitz. this is kind of the gambler game if you will do you want to take the early gamble lock it in hope that fields plays and take this four or do you want to wait and see how things develop which could let this line get away from you I anticipated Fields being out on this, so I actually took the uh, Jets at three and a half, and uh, I took the under at 44 and a half. 
So uh, is this a revenge game for Trevor Simeon, by the way? I lost track. Are the Jets <laughs> one of the eight or nine teams he's played for? Uh, anyway. that's, a great, that's a great question. I don't, Trevor I don't Simeon's think so. made enough money that he has no need for revenge. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I don't worry about that. Yeah, I, I like it's just weird seeing fields carted out of the stadium, like with a shoulder yeah. injury. That something about that, like, you know, if if he were okay, if this was minor, like I kind of don't think they'd be taking him out on a cart. So um I, I hope I'm wrong about that. I'd rather see Fields play and just lose my bets, but there is a chance that the Jets could still win this bet and hit the under. Even with Fields playing, although I don't believe it, I tend to agree with everything Friedman said. And like if Fields were playing, I think this would be, I don't know, what, Jets minus two and a half. Would that be a better line? So, um, you know, in a, a higher total, I just think we're going to see the line go up towards the Jets and, uh, you know, this total continue to drop. I, I, think Fitz is, we get... I think Fitz is right. I think Fitz is right. And by the way, I yeah. stand corrected. This is a revenge game for Trevor Simeon. He did get one start with the 2019 <laughs> Jets. And in that one start, it looks like he had six pass attempts. There you go. Huge revenge wow. narrative. I can't wait. Trevor Simeon has Trevor Simeon, excuse me, has made $9.1 million in his career. I don't think there's any reason for revenge. I, that might he's be no more Chase. pass attempts. He, he's, <laughs> Joey still has to borrow money from Chase Daniel. So... No, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'll tell you what, if I'm the Jets right now, I, I want to see Mike White. I want to see Joe Flacco. I want to see somebody. I, I don't want to see Zach Wilson anymore. I'm sorry. It's not just the Patriots. It's just Zach Wilson. Oh Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. All right, let's get to the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. The ugly football Titans, who I continue to tell people this is what they do. I know you don't like it. I know it's no fun. It's it's not fun for fantasy or anything else. They know how to play football and win games. They're going to be at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. What we've learned, if indeed, you know, Joe Mixon news comes out today with the concussion protocols and all that, typically we don't see those guys. So they could be down Mixon in this game probably still down chase in this game too one would imagine so one and a half point favorites the Bengals are traveling to Tennessee the number is 43 even money for Tennessee to win this game outright Pat let's talk about the ugly football Tennessee Titans that ugly football has resulted in a seven and three record they are home uh underdogs here in this contest it's once again us against the world and the Titans keep showing up 
and dragging everyone down to their level. Plus, Tannehill looked healthier than he has all season. So what are your thoughts on this one as we look ahead to Week 12? Oh, my thought is that maybe Mike Vrabel is the best coach in the NFL. Uh, he, he keeps doing this. I mean, they were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs last year, and that team had no business being the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. And they seem to have lost talent on defense and on the offensive line this year. And they open 0-2, and they've since won seven of their last eight. And it's like Vrabel just maximizes his talents. Uh, like the Titans never come out flat seemingly nope. like they they play they'll have like one bad game against the Colts every year for some reason and that's it but like they totally maximize their talent I mean the Packers didn't even play a bad game I thought this past Thursday night like not a terrible game and the Titans not just by their standards no yeah. exactly and the Titans totally wore them down so uh my first instinct was to like the over here because you know the the Bengals are explosive and the Titans are just efficient. But over the uh, nice little eight game stretch the Titans have played, there have not been more than 46 points scored in any Tennessee game. So uh, in three of those games, there were fewer than 30 points scored. So the, the Titans have been an under team. Um, but then again, it's it's kind of the, uh, you know, like clash of styles here because the Bengals last five games, 56, 52, 45, 63 and 67 points. So maybe a, a struggle of wills here as far as uh, which side you like on the, the total. I'm leaning a little bit toward the under here. And um, I, I like the Titans at home. I mean, it feels disrespectful for them to be a home dog. To be it, honest, it, it does a little bit, but it plays into Mike Vrabel's narrative. Like he, I'm not surprised if Mike Vrabel took a flight to Vegas, said, "Here's a couple million bucks, make us an underdog in this game," because it feels at, like that's exactly where yep. he wants to be, exactly the at, narrative. At he worst, wants to they build. they should right. be a pick him at worst, I think. Well, but and, and to that point, Freeman is the best bet right now just to take the even money. You can get the Titans to win outright and move on. Yeah, probably. I have this projected at uh, 0.5. So I I do see the Bengals as ever so slight favorites in this game, but uh, I am showing value on Tennessee here from, you know, one and a half to 0.5. The thing is, you know, pragmatically, there's not much of a difference between those two numbers. So yeah, if you're going to bet on the Titans and I, I do see like, yeah, the Titans, this is the type of, this is the spot. Mike Vrabel as an underdog, Vrabel at home. This is, this is the Titan spot. Um, I, I looked at these two teams and I think, man, like the Bengals should be able to smoke them. Like if any team blows out one of these teams, it is the Bengals blowing out the Titans. But if the Titans win, it's almost guaranteed to be a close game. Like that is the type of like discrepancy we see, but the frequency in which we see those outcomes happen. I think we see uh, the Titans winning this game much more than we see the Bengals blowing out. So I I am I haven't bet it yet because again I don't see much difference between one and a half and point five but I do see value on the Titans here. All right, uh, if you want to see blowouts, by the way, stay tuned. We've got one coming up for you. Oh yeah, let's get to Kansas City, but first let's get to Washington. Six and five, the Commanders are at home, three and a half point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons, who somehow continue to be relevant and hanging on, which is super frustrating for everybody. Uh, but here they are. 43 is the number, plus 140 on the money line if you like the Falcons. Uh, so, Friedman, let's talk about this one. So they're giving a little bit of respect to Washington, not a whole lot, understandably so. The one thing I think we can all agree on, that Washington run defense is for real. Montez Sweat has had a fantastic bounce-back season after last year being a little lackluster. So the defensive line's played really well. 
games get won or lost down in the trenches. And I feel like when Washington wins, it's because they're winning up front. Do you think that this is a spot here where they can win up front and win this game against the Falcons? I have Washington and Atlanta power rated basically right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, the Washington run defense has been good, but Atlanta is one of the best running offenses in the league. Uh, So I don't, I don't think Washington, even at home should be favored by three and a half. So I'm seeing value on Atlanta here. I have this at 1.75. Maybe I'm a little too tight on that spread, but even if it should be two and a half going through the key number of three, I think there's value here. So I am on the Falcons at plus three and a half. Yes, they are one of the more prolific running teams, but a lot of that is based in value, not so much the uh, volume, I should say, excuse me, not so much in efficiency all the time. That's where I get concerned. If this is what they want to do and they keep doing it over and over and over again and running up against the brick wall, can they change? Can they pivot Pat Fitzmorris? Can Atlanta change their identity if who they are doesn't work against Washington in the first half of this game? I don't think so. This is a game I'm staying away from, but do you see any value early on? Well, first, they cannot change their identity at all, Joe. I mean, (laughs) try putting Marcus Mariota in a game where he has to drop back and throw 40 times. Uh, The results are not going to be pretty (sighs) there. So uh, they cannot change their identity. Yes, the Washington run defense has been fierce. That's one of the reasons I like the commanders a little bit in this game. Um, Like my value on them is like about minus 3.75. I like them just a little bit, but I've been really impressed with Washington the last two weeks. They obviously beat the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles on the road in prime time. Then against the Texans this past week, they did what you're supposed to do against a bad team. They took out the trash and were never seriously threatened. Um, So, like, do we have to reassess how good the commanders are, because I'm starting to think they're a pretty good team. I mean, they've got this very underrated defense. You talked about how Mm -hmm. tough the run defense, Joe, uh, has been. And really, the pass defense hasn't been bad either. They have at least a functional running game and a functional passing game on offense. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're, they're somewhat versatile. Like, I'm starting to think this might be a good team, like a sneaky good team. And, um, I don't know. It's easy to underrate the Falcons. Like no one really likes the way they play. And uh, right, maybe but they, they keep coming up with W's. That's that's the weird exactly, part about it. And exactly. I see Friedman kind of grinning like the Grinch over here when you're talking about they might be a good team. I, I'm kind of with, I think, I don't know if they might be a good team, but I think we have to realize they're better than we've given them credit for, or at least this version of them that we've seen in the last month is better. And they believe in Taylor Heineke. I mean, these guys play for him. So whether he's great or not, we can debate that all day. But sometimes there's the intangibles of quarterback, which is the leadership, which is, you know, people rallying behind, believing in it. And you keep winning. (laughs) I mean, sometimes that just carries over. Los Angeles Chargers could not win last night. They uh, blew a lead to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, They will take on Arizona this week. Arizona, obviously, we're going to have lots of questions still about them after tonight's game. They are three-point home underdogs, though, Arizona is in this contest here. The Chargers are favored by three. 47.5 is the number, plus 130 on the money line for the Arizona Cardinals. Pat, do you see any early value in this one to lock this in before it changes, or do you want to wait and get more information as the week unfolds? Yeah, I've already bet the Chargers, um, but I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit nervous about it because the last time the Chargers – fought valiantly and lost to the Chiefs was that Thursday night game in week two. And 
I remember thinking like, man, if not for that long, what was it like a 99 yard interception return for a touchdown, the chargers should have won that game. I thought they looked terrific on offense and defense in that game. And then they turned around and lost 38 to 10 to the Jaguars in week three. And, uh, you know, I quickly dismissed thoughts of the chargers being a viable Super Bowl contender. They look terrific again against the Chiefs this week. And like, I want to believe it, but I don't know. And and now Mike Williams is maybe uh, hurt mm. again. And like, that's a key weapon for them. I know safety Nasir Adderley went down uh, yesterday. So I want to get back on board the Charger bandwagon, but I, I don't know if it's the smart move. I already have gotten on the bandwagon for this game and maybe I'm walking into another bear trap just like I did in week three. Well, and the Chargers are already down J.C. Jackson for the year, so the secondary really can't stand to take a lot more hits here. All right, Friedman, any early value in this game for you as you're looking ahead? Yeah, I remember last week we were thinking about Houston. It's like, oh, there might be some value on Houston. And we said, wait, like, let's wait. Let's see what happens with the commanders on Monday night football. This line might get to three and a half. We were right. And yet we were also oh so wrong in the final <laughs> outcome of that. But it's I think a similar situation tonight. Uh, I think I'm going to wait to see what happens with the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. I'm showing value on Arizona, but I think there's a decent chance this number gets to three and a half. And if it gets to three and a half, then I will probably be betting the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals as underdogs, that's a situation where I typically want to be. At the same time, I feel disgusting about it. So even if it gets to three and a half, I don't know if I'm going to be doing it, but I'm definitely not doing it at quote unquote just three. I love how right. slavishly Friedman always follows the Kingsbury code, no matter what. <laughs> bet does. Kingsbury is a dog, bet he against does. Kingsbury is a favorite. He is just locked in and like can't be can't be swayed off that stance at well, all. I can. I can. It's especially when it's Kingsbury as a road dog. That's really where I want to be on him. <laughs> at a home dog, it's a little bit of a coin flip. Fair enough. Let's go to Las Vegas and Seattle. This one's in Seattle. The Seahawks are three and a half point favorites in this one. 47 and a half is the number plus 162 for the Las Vegas Raiders on the money line. Friedman, uh, when you're looking at this contest, Seattle coming off a bye, Vegas coming off a win. Do you see any early value in the look ahead? Yeah, uh, I bet this uh, on Thursday, I believe at three and a half. Uh, the number is still three and a half. Um, I was expecting the Raiders to get shellacked. Uh, and so I thought this number would move more. It hasn't, but uh, I still have this projected at four and a half. And I think there's there's room for this number to move from there. I don't think it's going to move down to three. And uh, I think Seattle at home coming off of the bye, they are going to bang the Raiders like a drum. This is, I think, a spot where the Raiders just totally fall apart after a, a come-from-behind overtime victory on the mm-hmm. road against the Broncos. I think this is where they fall apart. Pat, do you agree? I do. I've got this. Uh, I think Seattle should be favored by like five and a half or six. I think this is like the best value on the board early this week. And I've already hit it. Um, I don't understand the line. I, like it's a lot of respect for the Raiders and the the Raiders or the Broncos were one of my best bets this past week. I got burned on that. Uh, the Broncos feeble offense was unable to take advantage of a Raiders defense ranked dead last in DVOA. Um, I think Seattle is going to do a better job against that defense. I will say though, uh, the Raiders offense, considering, you know, some of the losses they've had, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, like they are 
for having like Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams as Derek Carr's only weapon, like that offensive line has played great. Uh, Carmen Brasillo, I think, is their offensive line coach. Like they have overachieved. I thought that was going to be one of the worst offensive lines, one of the worst O-lines in the league this year, and it has not been the case at all. It's been a strength. Still, I like Seattle in this game uh, to cover pretty easily. Okay, here you go. I teased it. Here it is. The Kansas City Chiefs, 8-2 and two at home, 14-point favorites against the Los Angeles Rams, the defending reigning undisputed or maybe very disputed now uh, Super Bowl champions. Possibly no Stafford, definitely no Cup. Could be a third-string quarterback for all we know by the time we get here. Uh, things have not gone well for the Los Angeles Rams, and now they are running into uh, most likely MVP candidate because I've seen now this morning that Mahomes' number has gone to the negative, so that ship has sailed. Talked about it on last week's show. Talked about it on the Thursday Night Football to go lock it in. So last time you're going to see it, it's gone now. Sorry, folks, the positive is gone. But here we are. 14 is a big number. I don't care. It might not be big enough. Pat Fitzmorris, what do you think about this line here? The total, the value. Where are you at here with the Kansas City Chiefs and what should be an absolute smash for Mahomes and company? It might not be big enough. I agree with you on that, mm-hmm. Joe. I, I took it at 14. I wanted to get it before it went any higher than that. And I've been burned betting the Chiefs as big home favorites before. Seems like I get burned on that more often than not. But man, against this Rams team, I'm I'm pretty good with it. Like the Rams, I'm are typically so... more hesitant, like you, because I've been there too. We've seen it. We've seen it in playoff games too, where they have yep. a pretty good opponent, and you're like, oh, this should be a smash, and then all of a sudden it gets real close. There was it the Texans a few years back, I want to say, with Deshaun Watson. Is that the game I'm remembering? I remember some yes. game where it got really close, and nobody thought it was going to be. Freeman, what about you? This number is big at 14. Could it grow here uh, as your heart grows? As I called you the Grinch earlier, three sizes uh, as we get closer to the holidays. Uh, yes, it, this number could get larger. I do have it projected exactly at 14. Uh, shout out me. I bet it at 10 and a half in the look ahead market because <laughs> wow. I, I knew that this number would, would get bigger. Um, and Can I, we I mean, I have the segment called shout out me where Friedman lauds his own <laughs> glorious moves here in the betting market. I love that. Idea. Uh, by, I, by the way, a phrase totally, uh, ripped from Adam Levitan, but I, I gotta say, even though I have this at 10 and a half, uh, <clears throat> like logged in the betting pros app. Like, I don't feel great about it because we've seen, you know, historically the Chiefs have been a win but not cover type of team. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're like a, a pitcher who, like, is intentionally not throwing his fastball as hard as he could. So that, like, the couple of pitches a game when he needs to really amp up the throw, he can do it. Like, the, the Chiefs are not playing every game to try to cover. They are playing just to try to win by enough. So, like, yeah, the Rams are horrible. The Chiefs should, on paper, be able to cover 14. They should definitely be able to cover the 10 and a half that I have, but that doesn't mean that they're going to do it, and I, mm-hmm. I can't see how this gets backdoored. Fair enough. Let's go to New Orleans and San Francisco. This one's in San Fran. We'll see what they bring tonight, but right now they're eight and a half point favorites at home against the New Orleans Saints. The Saints get a victory with Andy Dalton under center. I don't know if there's a quarterback controversy or not, but I mean, at this point, it seems to be Andy Dalton week to week, at least we're looking at. Uh, So obviously a pretty large number here, but still San Francisco plays very good defense. 42 is the number plus 300 for the Saints upset on the money line. We're looking at this one, Friedman. What are your thoughts on San Fran, New Orleans, as we kind of are waiting to see what San Francisco comes out with tonight on Monday night, but also looking ahead to the contest against New Orleans? 
Yeah, Fitz can probably tell you what I've already done. Uh, you know, I ha- I'm a very simple man. I have a few codes I live by. You know, if it's Kingsbury, if it's Shanahan, like, you know what I'm doing. Shanahan, as a home favorite, I'm just basically going to auto bet against him any opportunity I have. Uh, my fear is that I bet this too quickly at eight and a half. Because this number could be 10, like depending on what San Francisco does mm-hmm. tonight, it, it could be 10. But uh, I have value on it at eight and a half. I have this projected at 7.25. So I went ahead and, and bet it at eight and a half. Kyle Shanahan as a home favorite, 8-16 and two against the spread for his career. Uh, Andy Dalton, not like I'm thrilled with him, but he was at least functional this past week. And as an underdog for his career, he has been profitable. So uh, I'm, I'm fine with betting, uh, betting on the Saints in this spot. All right, uh, Pat, are you fine with betting on the Saints in this spot? And the Saints are also down a bunch of linebackers and some other injuries too this week that they had. I don't know if those guys will get healthy enough in time. Yeah, I'm fine with it. And for many hours of talking uh, NFL gambling with Matthew Friedman over the course of the season, uh, I have already sort of mapped out the strategy of waiting for this game. And, and you know, hopefully with Kyler Murray out, uh, the Cardinals are going to get trucked. The 49ers are going to gain a couple of points in the uh, the line here. And I will go against Shanahan as a home favorite. Friedman has taught me that very well. Um, I'm kind of struggling. Like, it feels like this should be an over game. Uh, I kind of feel like a, a 49ers game in the low 40s feels like an over game. But I worry a little bit about the Saints uh, helping push this game over. Like, in their first three games, the Saints had 53 or more points scored total in those games. Uh, since then, Saints games in their last four, I think, have produced 24, 40, 30, and 47 points. And the 47 was weirdly against the Rams and their dysfunctional offense. Um, so I'm I'm not hugely confident about the over, but I do think there's a little bit of value there. All right, let's move on. We got two games remaining. The Green Bay Packers Sunday night football will head to Philadelphia. The Eagles are nine and one. The Pack is four and seven. Six and a half point favorites. The Eagles are at home with a 45 as the over-under. If you like the Green Bay Packers on the money line, it's plus 235. Pat Fitzmorris, six and a half is the number here. You mentioned that uh, you felt as though Green Bay has been playing better of late. Certainly they've discovered Christian Watson, so that's a positive, but uh, not to be patronizing, can they match up here on the road against the Eagles after the Eagles have, I think, have been checked a little bit recently, which I think is kind of good and healthy. This is a team that it doesn't know what it's like to be up at the top. And when you're up at the top, everybody's gunning for you. I feel like these last two weeks have kind of proven that. It was a big win for them in Indianapolis because they came at them with everything they had in the first half of this game, and they survived it in the second half. Do you think now the Eagles will be prepared for Aaron Rodgers and company on Sunday night? That's a good question, Joe. It seems like their offense has uh, sprung some leaks and like the Green Bay defense disappointing this year, but still respectable. So like, I don't know if the Eagles offense is suddenly going to find what they had uh, going earlier in the season and, and, you know, get all the Pistons firing or not. I do know I don't want to bet the Eagles at minus six and a half on DraftKings at least that has been juice towards the Eagles and it was my minus 120 to bet the Eagles at six and a half so no way I want to do that I want to see if this moves to seven I'd maybe be willing to uh, put a small bet down on the Eagles at seven like I don't think the Packers are going to win this game. 
dangerous as a touchdown underdog, but I, I still think the Eagles would be the better percentage play in that situation. I do like the over here, though, because of the Packers' newfound weaponry with Christian Watson. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they could get into a little bit of a shootout and put up some points against the Eagles if the Eagles are willing to cooperate and, uh, you know, get the offense back together again. Freeman, do you see any danger opportunities in this game? I honestly don't have anything to say about this. I have this projected at 6.25. So in theory, a little bit of value on Green Bay. And, you know, there is a, a seven floating out there. And so, you know, I guess maybe there's some value taking it, but I don't feel great about it. I'm probably staying away from this on the side and the total. Okay, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Indianapolis Colts. Monday night football. Steelers are three and seven. Uh, they were ahead at the half there. Uh, Kenny Pickett and company, great crowd. Everybody was really into it, and unfortunately, things just kind of fell apart there in the second half for them. Same can be said of the Indianapolis Colts there. Uh, both these teams, I think, uh, are giving you effort. So this is a fascinating one because you got the Colts as two-and-a-half-point favorites, which makes sense. Maybe that's actually not enough respect for the Colts. Some might argue, which I might argue that. And when I say some people, I really mean me. And then you've got 39-and-a-half as the over-under if you like the upset of the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 116. Friedman, having watched both these teams so much this year, um, do you think that their number one is any early value in this line? And number two, uh, do you think the Colts aren't getting enough respect here? I mean, I've moved the Colts up significantly over the past couple of weeks, uh, just based on what we've seen and the return of Matt Ryan and, you know, playing very well against the Eagles in a game they could have won. So, yeah, I've, I've moved them up quite a bit. Uh, that said, I so I, I do have them projected at three and a half. So I am showing slight value here at two and a half uh, at some books, three at other books. Uh, I bet this in the early look ahead market, uh, Pittsburgh plus three, because uh, I just didn't have respect for the Colts. And then, mm -hmm. you know, now that I've adjusted the Colts based on what they did, uh, I'm showing value on the Colts. But that said, I still don't want to bet it. Like, I still don't like I still don't like the idea of betting on the Colts. Like, you know, we've seen them in two games under their new regime. I don't think they should be favored against anyone. They were underdogs, significant underdogs in both of those games. There's a pretty big difference between covering as underdogs and, you know, winning as favorites. And I just don't see them. I don't see them convincingly doing that in this spot. Well, I mean, they did cover as underdogs against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are a nine-win football team. So how far does that go for you, Pat Fitzmaurice, when you're trying to evaluate the Colts on Monday Night Football? Not far enough, Joe. I've sort of swore off betting Colts games a few weeks ago because they were so Jekyll and Hyde. Is that what they yes, yeah. okay. yes. And like they're partnered with a, another team I kind of don't want to bet on after being on the wrong side of them a few times, the Steelers. I do feel like both of these teams are starting to become a little more predictable, though. Like at least the Colts have sort of established a brand of Jeff Saturday ball. And, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> It's I more want t-shirts to say any given Saturday. Can we start selling those? I think we can make a killing on that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's more appealing than Frank Reich football. I'll tell you that. Um, and like Pittsburgh, all of a sudden Pittsburgh is running the ball a little bit. And the Colts mm. are still without Shaq Leonard and Quiddy Pay. Uh, presumably yep. they won't have Quiddy Pay back this, uh, this week. So I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I, I can't play this game. The line feels right to me. The total feels right to me. Um, you know, like I just kind of want to watch this from afar, but this game is not as disgusting to me as it would have been about three weeks ago. Fair enough. And Najee Harris back-to-back -back games with 20 carries, uh, his best game arguably all year 
uh, yesterday too. So there you have it. That's the early look ahead. And again, if you want the full breakdown for the Thanksgiving slate, make sure you subscribe to Betting Pros wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Betting Pros as well. That way, Matt and Pat will break it all down for you, give you exactly where to look, the props, the lines, everything in between for your Turkey Day football. But that, my friends, is the early look ahead to Week 12. We hope you enjoyed it. Go download that BetMGM app today and go place your wagers. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Pat Fitzmorris and Matthew Friedman, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.